now the things are doing what they're supposed to do. I think. Yep. Hi. Hi. Uh, it's like you do a whole eight-hour day before you can sit down. <laughs> and all I have to do is sit down and make sure I'm hitting the mic right like that. Um, so off the bat, I like the fact that this doesn't sound as echoey, I think, because we're facing mm. a little bit differently. Still needs a little bit of soundproofing, but I'm... I'm, I'm working on that. It. Or shall I say, <laughs> my assistant's working on that. <sighs> yeah. Too fancy. What are those? I don't, I don't remember those sneakers. Yes, you do. I do? This was like the entry to the whole oh, world. I don't know why I thought they were multicolored. It's your socks threw me off. Oh, yeah. Well, I have the socks on because I was going to wear my LeBrons today. But I knew that those probably weren't good bike riding sneakers, so. Um, yeah, we're not doing that. <laughs> we're not doing what? Riding bikes in LeBron's? Uh, yeah, you're not going to be creasing up. Yeah, stuff. so I wear the Air Maxes instead. <sighs> I haven't worn sneakers in a while. Mm. It's yeah. been sandals and clogs. What's that life like? Sandals and clogs? Yeah. It's the best. Particularly the clogs. I'm a, I, I, this is my first go round with clogs and I'm here for it. Is I like it, it. I feel like you've done clogs Mm-mm. before. Not like actual Swedish traditional clogs. Maybe a clog like, like the maroon suede ones that you're probably thinking of. It was yeah. like a sandal, but like back out, straight up slipping clogs. Nah, mm. it's never been my portion mm. till now. I, I like decided them. to put on an actual shirt today. I like it. Um, is that from the place we won't name because they don't pay for that? Yes, that, it is from them. Mm-hmm. Um, Shout out. Yeah, I keep forgetting that they send things. Like, I'm a, Oh, do you now? I do, actually. Well, like, let me tell you something. The last time you said that it was done. You said, I'm not getting anything else from them. I shut it down. That's what you said. Yeah, I, I, I did. And I, I meant it i just didn't follow through then this box shows up right i was like we, we know you need shorts and I'm like oh the shorts fit yeah, yeah. and then it was chinos and it's like oh these chinos fit nicely god mm-hmm. damn it mm-hmm. and then it was like are we supposed to be saying chino that's what, what, is, she, what is a chino it's a kind of pant is it named after no it's not <laughs> what it's just a kind of pant you didn't even let me finish is it named after what the town is it a town. town called chino I don't, I'm not familiar with the town. I thought okay. you were about to be on some, is it racist? Thing. No, no, no. I was just curious where it came from. Mm. Um, I have a friend named Chino. So. I'm aware. Yeah. Hi, Chino. Well, his name is Derek, but you know. Mm-hmm. He's a listener. Is he extra large? That was, that came out really bad. Oh God. Wow. Jesus. Let's <laughs> <laughs> hope he skipped this episode. Uh, I mean, it's not my fault. That's yeah. what he named himself. Yeah. He named himself XL. He did not name himself extra large. Well, what does XL There's stand different. for? It, it's just different. No, it manages to be different. It doesn't. In the 40 years that I've known him, I've never thought of the XL at the end of his name as extra large. If I said, he is he XL, we'd have been having the same issue right uh, now. <laughs> what up, Derek? Oh, dear. Yikes. I was with um, someone yesterday who, I can't remember what we were talking about, um, they actually said pause. Uh, I was like, "What? Oh, we're, this is we're still doing that. That's a thing still. Okay. I didn't like it when it was a thing. I definitely I, don't like yeah, it I now. I was a big pause person. I was like, "Oh, that's still a thing. Oh, all right, I guess." You didn't call him out on it. I'm surprised. <sighs> you can't save the world all the time. <laughs> I would have had to say something like mm. pause. Really? 
We oh were, my god it wasn't my friend was it it was oh god you know <laughs> what i was about to say is there's only one person i know who would say that nonsense and then i was like oh my god you were around that person yes damn it i knew it so did i not tell you and i can speak freely because he knows what's up but did i not tell you the day before you met up with this person mm-hmm. be prepared i well, said this person like i've been around him before i know i'm just saying i said this person can say some things that are off color that, you know, I, I find myself often being like, hey, come into the 21st century. Mm-hmm. Um, and he'll be like, you know, what? Right. what? I mean, that, that, was, that, that was the absolute worst of it. So well, that was the worst getting, of it. I, I guess they're getting better. <sighs> I love that guy. But my God in heaven. I think he might have invented Paul's actually. Say again? I think he might have invented Paul's. <laughs> so I feel bad now because I was about to mention him by name because we did something dope. Right. And now I feel like I have to wait till later. Or Why? Because I feel like we just now was like, oh, that was not dope. And then getting into and not mentioning him. So I guess in this specific instance, because of who it is and how much he would be fine with that. But if it just, you know, whatever. I don't know. Anyway, we'll come back. We'll come back. We'll slide him on in there. <laughs> Pause. Well, not now. <laughs> uh, it's been a week. It's been a um, week. Yeah, it's been a week. I've. It seems like a lot of folks are like frayed at the edges, like folks in my periphery, mm-hmm. um, including me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, it's. So I had a bit of a knockdown layout with somebody mm-hmm. and kind of fucked me up for a night and a day and all the other stuff and anxiety and all the things. And the person apologized, which caught me off guard. And mm-hmm. it, it was like, not like a bury the hatchet, move on kind of thing. It was just like, yo, I'm going through it. And you caught a bad one and wasn't necessary and all the things. It's like, all right. This is, that's why I know it's <laughs> bad in the world because this person does not do that. Mm-hmm. Um, I joke a lot about, um, you know, we'll get into arguments. Like, I'm used to just handing you a, some ice cream. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of the apology. That person's the same kind of way. Mm-hmm. So for them to be like, yo, my bad. What is that? You, do you hear that? No. Okay. I didn't hear anything. Um, was interesting. Um, and then I was talking to. That <coughs> frayed me as well. Mm-hmm. And I'm not unfrayed. Because right. I didn't get an apology. So I'm still kind of in frayed. Mm-hmm. I'm still kind of in that place. Um. So that's interesting because mm-hmm. it's been a long time since in my last relationship before you, I would kind of zone out when these sorts of things happen. I just did not allow myself to, to like, hopefully you'll feel better tomorrow. Right. Like blowjob. Like, eh, I don't know. I just can't help you here because I don't have it. Mm-hmm. But obviously our relationship is a little bit different. So, I hope. <laughs> so, uh, Yeah. I'm still a little afraid, honestly. Mm-hmm. I'll give you a blowjob later. Thank you. No problem. I appreciate it. And then um, I had another friend reach out to me and doing their check-in. <laughs> they check in on me regularly. The racial um, check-in? Uh, or just a regular check-in? It's kind of a mix at this point. I don't, yeah. Except we end up talking about an hour about um a... I'm going to say seminar they were putting together on race 
and some other things. Mm-hmm. And they were breaking down some of the things that they would be going through and discussing. This white person. Mm-hmm. And uh, we ended up talking for like an hour. It was a really great conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, she is a really good listener. and Which a lot of white folks are having a hard time doing. Lately. Yeah. They want to talk, but they don't want to listen. Like she was literally, literally taking notes. Mm-hmm. Um, which... Comes it, with its own <laughs> which is the little, optics on that are a little which off. is still a little weird to me. Yeah. Just not in terms of them taking notes, but me being the one you're taking notes from. Right. Exactly. Um and I guess to some degree you have to get over that or whatever else. But it was a really good conversation. I'm looking forward to seeing what they end Does up. Does she doing. realize that if she interviewed me and took notes that everything I say could be the exact and total opposite of what you said? Um There's not a lot of Well, I think that's why you go with people you trust. Right. Um, you know, they weren't having this conversation with. Uh, oops, sorry, one second. They weren't having this conversation with a random. Um, right. right. And I think we all do that to some degree. We 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 know we can't get. There's no monolith. Obviously, we keep saying that over and over and over again. So we find the closest approximation to the thing, and that a lot of that also has to do with. Um, can I have this conversation with this person and not, you know, be scorched earth? Yeah. So did that for about an hour and I actually felt good by the end of the conversation because mm. I was being heard, mm-hmm. um, which is a pretty big deal right now. And just on that whole monolith thing, it's with the understanding that another friend could call you as soon as you hung up the phone with that friend. And you could be completely annoyed. Right. And you could be like, why are you asking me this? And what do you think I have to say? It's just that. I think the biggest problem I'm having with this world we're living in right now, this very precise moment and second, is that. Why am I losing you? I don't know. I'm there doing. You go. Oh. Is that uh, we don't have all the answers, Sway. And every one of us feels differently about all of this. So you can call, you can call your resident Negro, um, but you can't stop there. Um, well, or maybe I, you can. I don't know. I think that's the other part too. Was it was in terms of not the not stopping there. I'm not talking about your person. I'm right, just saying. But I'm general. saying. Well, I'm can only speak to mine. But part of the not stopping there was the fact that they were planning to do something and they weren't doing it in a way that um, required me to come in or required another black person to come in and give the speech. I'm collecting information. I'm studying right. so that I Which can, was a little bit different than what my friend, my white friend wanted to right. do. Which she did end up doing. Um, did you find out how that went? Uh, she sent me a link to it because it was covered by the local paper. Mm-hmm. But I haven't clicked in. But it looks like the Zoom screen had lots of black and brown and white faces. So it looks like it was a success of some sort. I don't know. I didn't see it. No, you sound good. Oh, damn. No. <laughs> I just haven't said it in a while. You know, the person who introduced me to Ew, uh, my friend Luis Antonio Thompson, I spoke to him today. And uh, he's tickled by the fact that that's still my thing, my go-to. And it's a staple of the show. It's a staple of the show. It's a staple of my life, actually. I don't even get to use the uh, button. No, you don't need to. I am the button. Um, Do it anyway. Right. Okay. So uh, we chuckled over that. And speaking of 
Louise Antonio Thompson. I discovered today that since I haven't had my car, since you and I have been sharing a car, I just realized today, now that I have a rental, how much I stay in touch with my people while I'm driving. Yeah. And I don't, I'm not going to get in the phone, in the car with you and call Twin mm-hmm. or call Tone or call Ashanti or whatever. So since I've had the rental, I'm like catching up with people and I'm like, this is so weird. Like I'm talking to Twin for like a good 30 minutes and I'm like, well, why am I not talking to her? And then I realized it's because most of the time I talk to her on the phone. Well, I mean, I mean, in the car. Right. Well, you lost the car because of an accident. Correct. But even for me prior to that, um, I wasn't doing much uh, phone time because we weren't we haven't been driving as much. No, um, we we're living on top of each other's laps, and right. there's not really a lot of space for let me go kiki. And when we were driving to Newark for the office, sometimes we just drive separately, yep. or because I would have to leave early, or whatever else. Now would be my catch up time. Right. Um, even to the extent of you know me and my father talking. Mm-hmm. Um, usually I drop uh, Cole off. And I hit him up, whatever else, but it just hasn't been the case. It hasn't been the same. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I think um, that's definitely a thing, even without the accident. Mm-hmm. It's the thing. Uh, how are you liking the rental car, by the way? I'm sad. That you have to give it back? That I know I'm going to have to get it back, give it back very soon. And my car does not ride like this car. Like, I turn into potholes just because. <laughs> yes. On purpose, including I, the big-ass one in this driveway right here. Yeah, I saw you hit that one. Real quick. Nothing. Didn't feel like Barely anything. felt like nothing. Meanwhile, my whole front end feels like it's about to explode. Felt like <laughs> nothing. Um, so I need to stop doing that, though, because it's going to become a habit. Um, and I won't be able to sustain that when I get my 2010 Kia Soul back. Mm. The square box car. It's like a box Don't of crackers. Don't talk bad about Pug now. You're all about I Pug. I love Pug. Pug is everything to me. I love her very much. She drives tight, which I like. And she's cute, but not too cute. I'm all about Pug. I can't wait to get her back. Can't wait. Pug is surprisingly fun to drive. I wouldn't think mm-hmm. a Kia Soul would be fun to drive, but it's it's kind of fun. I mean, have you seen it lately? Do you it's, see what it looked like? How could it not be fun to drive? It looks very, like very easily. A, a, <laughs> it looks like a box of graham crackers. But it's 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 snappy, which I like. And yeah. it, which is different from, you know, Ruby, the yes. Murano. Ruby the minivan. Yes. It's not, it's not a minivan. minivan. Stop it. <laughs> No. Mm. Apologize, Ruby. Ruby is a SUV? Yes. Okay. No, not, not without burden inflection. It's an SUV. Okay. There's no sliding doors. There's none no, of that. No, there's no sliding doors. You're right. Yeah. Speaking of pugs. Oh, God. What? We're biting the bullet on... Don't say. What are you about to say? Finding a dog someplace. Oh, right? finding a dog. Um, yes and no. I was thinking about that on the ride here today, actually. No, when I was riding my bike... Um, I was riding through the parking lot of our building and everyone was still walking their dogs. And I was like, thank you to myself. That one, that one, that one. Nope. Not this one. Not this one. Come and like a little bit. what I n- realized is that like Cole is really the person who picks this dog because we can't just, I mean, what happens if we come home with a dog? I'm like, yay, look, everybody, a dog. And the little one is not having it. Um, I think as long as it starts as small as possible, he'll be okay. Right. Uh, he grew up with cats mm-hmm. until he became allergic. And we had a pretty big cat, mm. you know, and they were fine with it. Um, JJ, I think, was about 12 pounds. Mm, okay. And on her hind legs, she would tap me on my shoulder if I was sitting oh. in the office chair. Oh. 
Okay. Like super long, super big, whatever. Okay. okay. So, and that's, I mean, they've been gone for about two or three years now. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I think as long as we start, it starts off small. If it stays small, great. Right. But at the very least, if it's something that can grow with him, he'll be okay. Right. Um, so it's not very, you can't just get a dog. a dog. Getting a dog is like getting a bike these days. A dog is like the mm-hmm. toilet tissue of pets right now <laughs> because you have to fill out all these forms. If you live in an apartment building, you are straight up at the bottom of the list, period. Mm-hmm. Even though we live in a very pet-friendly building, um, I think our building is probably more pet-friendly than some people's houses. Um, for most shelters, you have to have a fenced-in yard. And while we don't have that, we have a whole ass bark park that's for residents of our building only. Mm-hmm. So, but still, as soon as you put apartment, what was that? You knocked the light off that you were playing with before. Sorry, is it broken? Probably not. Um, Can't, but I just need you to. The mic thing is killing me. I need the mic thing is killing you. Yeah. I don't. I I am like right. Like, what do you? I don't know. It. Can you bring it lower? lower there you go like this yes um we're just at the bottom of the barrel Mm -hmm. because we have children um most dogs most puppies they don't want to go with children because puppies get bigger and then children freak out and then they don't want the dog um we just we'll see what happens i still think there's going to be an influx of folks returning dogs who thought they were about their life who once they get once they have to go back to work and do all the things. That's horrible, but yes. I mean, it happens. Right. You know. We'll see. Um, it's a big responsibility, and you've never had a dog before, so we have to. I feel like I have to control for that. I do think you will be a great pet parent and will do all the things and probably be stuck doing more than things than the rest of us. I mean, I don't wake up until nine o'clock. I've never had a dog. I've already acknowledged that this, <laughs> if this is going to be my dog. I I wouldn't say that. I definitely would not say that. Will you have the first walk of the day? That's about the only thing that I'll say for sure um, that will be, that I'll admit will be all yours. But nah, I wouldn't say it's your dog. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm pretty good with training dogs. Pretty good with... Um, the children are doing nothing. Children are doing nothing. Um, maybe feeding? Can the you, children are can doing you nothing. take the scooper and scoop up the food and put it in the bowl? Without spilling it everywhere? Maybe? Can you get the Which dog some water? Which one of our children can pour anything into anything without spilling Neither, it everywhere? Neither, but a girl can dream. Mm-hmm. So, we'll see. Um, My son still misses his mouth. Yeah, mine too, actually. So, uh, it's a big thing. It's a really big decision to make. And I've had two dogs. Both ended in what felt like tragedy. So I am, uh, I'm both in love with the fact and I'm both petrified by it. Mm. So my first dog bro- broke my heart because he got sick much too young and there was nothing I could do and he was gone. So <sighs> big ups, Junior. Moment of silence. He's <laughs> a good dog. He's a very good dog. So it's Juneteenth. Is it now? Apparently. No wonder I'm afraid. <laughs> Fuck out of here. So, so, I, so this is the first Juneteenth where apparently everybody got off. White wait, folks, is black that, folks. Is that true? 
It's, I'm, so I'll, I'll say it this way. Um, walked around the town a little bit today, and everybody's out. And I joked with a friend of mine that it feels like reverse Juneteenth. Because mm, it's all the white people out well, and black people still working? Cause, no, more so because white people were celebrating their freedom from the Rona, except that proclamation oh, hasn't been right. written yet. Correct. Um, I've seen folks sitting together at restaurants, and apparently a couple of the bars have opened back up. Mm. Um, one restaurant in town is doing to-go cups on alcohol and stuff. Mm. Yeah, it's, that's it's, not it's, legal. It's, Did you see Cuban Pete's? Cuban Pete's is popping today. Yeah, and they have a huge Black Lives Matter sign in the window. Mm-hmm. They've had that up for no one at the weeks. owner of that restaurant is by. The... Anyway, they've had um, that up for a couple weeks. So uh, Juneteenth. So what I find interesting about Juneteenth. So I majored in African American history, and don't remember learning about Juneteenth. First of all, I, you know I come from a family of Black Power people. Don't remember ever hearing about Juneteenth. Might have heard something in college, maybe. Um, I then ended up teaching African-American history. Maybe there was a paragraph somewhere. Definitely don't remember celebrating it. Definitely don't remember teaching it. But I knew in the back of my mind that it was a thing that, that existed. it was a thing that existed. And that it was more of a Southern States thing. Mm. Um, Montclair has always had a parade the african-american history alliance has always had a parade somewhere near juneteenth so i've seen the signage of that forever i've never made it um to the parade um but what i realized is that i thought that juneteenth the june 19th was the day that most enslaved people in the south found out about the emancipation proclamation but it was really texas specifically Mm -hmm. so my dad's from texas small town called Conroe, about an hour outside of what is now Houston. And he was born in 1934. So I would imagine that less than 100 years after they start celebrating Juneteenth, he would know a little something about it. He never said anything to me about Juneteenth. So my mother's from Louisiana, and she wasn't a huge Juneteenth person either. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. By huge, I mean not at all. Did she know it existed? I mean, yeah. I'm sure, yeah, it's like you said, it's, it's very much a southern thing, not very much, but it's, it had been a southern thing. So she was aware of it, it was just nothing that she really acknowledged. Um, and this year it got all the spotlights and all the Donald the Trump said it's because of him. Mm-hmm. And the sad part is, not in the way that he thinks. <laughs> it's I'm just him. saying, our very right. own Terhaka Love at level.medium.com wrote a piece on how to celebrate Juneteenth. And right before he handed it in is when Donald Trump said, I'm the reason why, blah, blah, blah. So we're laughing about him saying that. And Tahaka's like, except. Right. And we're all like, oh, don't say that. So Tahaka's from Texas. And he said that the best part of Juneteenth was always that you don't say that you're not coming to work. It's okay then. You just don't go. Right. And, uh, you know, over time, people would see Mm -hmm. that Tahaka's mom and dad don't come to work on June 19th. I think it's also because it's during the summer. If this was something that was done and celebrated during the school year, I'm pretty sure I would have covered it or it would have been covered right. when I was in school. But the fact that it happens when school's out, I don't know. It's never never celebrated mm. Juneteenth a day in my life. Speaking of school being out, thank God for that. 
I never thought as a parent I'd be excited for, for the end of the school year. For the end of the school year. And you have that virtual learning. Man, I bow down because <sighs> y'all had it bad. <laughs> I got a seventh grader. So here's a crazy thing, too. Um, apparently, he has homeroom three days next week where he's supposed to answer. Like They have like the morning question, whatever he's supposed to answer. And we're on vacation. I'm like, why? Just, just stop. Just stop. <laughs> like, let it... Just stop. They tried to do a virtual field day you yesterday. It's supposed to thunderstorm at some point. Okay. Oh, there's a lightning. Okay. Um, so when the fuse yeah. is blowing, yes. it's suddenly the end of the show, right. you'll know why. And it shocks us in our ears <laughs> and we die. Uh-huh. Um, they tried to do a virtual field day yesterday. And How'd it was that like, go? It didn't. Um, they were it's like so what they were trying to do was have the parents time the kids for ten activities. Um time the kids? Yes. So egg race, uh, balloon something or other. Blah, Record blah, blah. it too? No, just submit the whatever. Um, that didn't happen. Yeah. That, uh, no one has time for that. No. Just stop. You earn your salary, teachers. Just please, <laughs> just stop. Um, yeah, my kid's done with seventh grade. She's officially an eighth grader now, uh, which is kind of frightening. Mm. Um, yeesh. Uh, this, this week... I wrote a piece, my ex-husband and I wrote a piece for Level about parenting during the pandemic. I'm still kind of shocked that it happened. We don't generally, not generally, we don't ever, never, ever have spoken publicly about our existence, our respective existences. Right. Um, so it was, it was kind of cool, actually, to have that conversation with him. And our main concern now is what happens in September. Mm-hmm. If the school opens, do we send her? Um, well, even before that, um, summer camps and all of that, that right. stuff, right? Because they're still trying to do it in some way, shape, or form. Mm-hmm. I've and, gotten some emails about summer camp, and I'm like, mm. yeah, the camp, the camp my daughter went to last year, uh, they sent me an email saying we're opening up second week in July, like yeah. opening up, like right. run around and play. So with the mask on. So his camp. Um, they're basically coordinating the kids off by groups of 10 um, with, I think, one or two staffers per group. Parents aren't allowed in the building. You pick up your kid at the door and all the things. Are you going to do it? So, excuse me. So we are going to book, I think, part of August. Mm Mm-hmm. And let all the other kids die in July 1st. If you want to be the canary in the coal mine, I can't stop you. That's not, that expression doesn't go with what you're saying. Yes, it does. Oh, okay. Yeah, you, you send the canary first. If the canary dies, you don't go in the coal mine. Oh, is that what that means? Yeah. Oh, I thought canary in the coal mine was like, oh, okay. Yeah, they, they would send the, just to figure out what the air was. They If the canary okay. didn't make it back, then they knew. Okay. Um. That's yeah. sad. Poor canary. Yeah. That's horrible. <laughs> um, yeah, but yeah, I don't I, I, I don't I I don't think we're gonna end up doing it. Because the other part too is, um, at least for me, the majority of my time seeing him during the school year it was all was about dragging him wah, through wah, right. Wah. So I true. so I want some time of just like hang out and putz around, but 
but I may get through July. I'm like, yeah, you need to go do something. Right. So I don't know. Or June. Um, well, we're halfway through June already. Or June. <laughs> right. Because okay. I'm looking at my Fair. kid like, or June. Right. Um. So my kid has, uh, she's going to do some guitar lessons on Zoom. She's teaching herself how to play the kalimba. Um. She has dance and drama, which she has during the school year. And I said, and a, and a, uh, some type of Zoom art class, mm-hmm. which <laughs> my assistant's finding for me. Can we talk about my assistant? You clearly want to badly. <laughs> I. It's only the first week, and and she's discovered that your life is a oh my hot god! Mess. It's so like. I learned a lot about myself in the first 48 hours of this morning. You're extremely, I, I can tell you what you've learned. Okay. You're extremely busy. Yes. To the point of what the fuck. Comically so. Right. And you're, I'm not going to say you're generally unorganized, but your scheduling and your, your workflow in that sense is very unorganized. I think there's a, another word besides just unorganized. Because the sad part is I am organized. There's some other word that explains it. You're organized in a lot the, of other aspects. I think this particular space in terms of scheduling and timing. Well, here's an example. I have dry erase calendars, and when something needs to be remembered, they go up there. I stay with the right planner. I don't play around with not having a planner. Right. I'm not the type of person to not write things down. I have a planner. Mm-hmm. I have my Google calendar. I have dry erase calendars. What I don't do is purge. So mm. I just organize on top of organize on top of organize. I organize new projects and I haven't deleted projects from 10 years ago right. that I was organized with. So I mean I snooze I was I've been snoozing my ex-husband's dental checkup for <laughs> 4 years instead of just closing it out. Right. Because I'm afraid to do something to that calendar. <laughs> so it's that sort of thing. So the first thing that you... No, no, actually it wasn't the first. One of the first thing, conversations that you told me that you guys had involved not even like your level stuff, mm-hmm. but the podcast and the mm-hmm. recording stuff. Correct. And so she's like, so you record a podcast once a week? Whatever. I was like, no, we... No, she said... Once a month, what day of the month are you is recording writing practice? And I was like, of the month. she threw me off because right. I was like, wait, which one do I do monthly? Monthly. And I None. was like, writing. I was like, no, nah, that's every Wednesday. She was like, oh, I thought that was the first Wednesday. And I could hear her in Los Angeles. <laughs> like, so that's every week at noon. Yes. Okay. And now Good Talk is, she thought Good Talk was Monday, Weekly. Wednesday, Friday. The first week of the month, and then that's it. Right. And then we come back Monday, Wednesday, Friday of the next month. Mm-hmm. And I was like, nah. I couldn't. I didn't have the heart to tell her it used to be every goddamn day. Right. <laughs> she might have quit. Just like you ain't got no sense. And then the follow-up question was, "What productivity software are you using?" Correct. And I was like, hmm? "Let me take a picture of my dry erase board." <laughs> that's what I do. <laughs> So I was like, I don't use any. I love Asana, and that's what we use at Level, but I haven't figured out how to make productivity software work for me. Mm-hmm. So she's like, well, where do you write down like the things? Like, Where do you write down what, you're gonna, what writing practice is going to be every week? Can you 
loop me into that database where that information is. And I'm like, ho, (laughs) (laughs) it's not anywhere. I don't know what I'm going to say until hopefully the the day before. Hopefully the day before. Mostly an hour before or not at all. Right. Which is fine. I mean, if writing practice is supposed to be freewheeling, that's fine. But Because even if freewheeling is generally planned. Right. And But I do, I realized from talking to her that I carry a lot of baggage mm-hmm. that just doesn't need to be there. So part of me is wondering how much of this experience is about somebody on the outside getting you to zero and then you being able to manage things yourself more. Nah. No. No. This is about someone getting me to zero. and then For their me, own sake. <laughs> right. And then me firing myself from shit that I don't need to be doing. Right. Um, and for example, which I'm sure you've heard about this 10 million times, but for example, we moved into this apartment in December and I said, I'm going to paint this room, this room, and this room, mm-hmm. this color. Mm-hmm. It's been six months. It hasn't happened. So now there are things on top of that that haven't been done, like the TVs being mounted. Right. I have artwork that I want to put up, and it's just not happening because that base thing hasn't happened. It's mm-hmm. not expensive. The paint's n- nothing. It's just TaskRabbit is there. It's just I can't. Right. So I use that as the first thing. Can you please paint my living room, girl, from L.A.? Not her, though. Not just her. to be clear. Not She's her. arranging it. Mm-mm. TaskRabbit. Here's my debit card. Here's the color I want. I don't have, I didn't do anything else. They're coming Sunday at 2.30 and Mm. I'm not going to be there. My apartment's going to get painted. And then the day after that, someone's coming to mount my bike on the wall. And then the day after that, someone's coming to mount the televisions up. And I can start to put my place together to make us feel like we're making a home. What's the point of me working as hard as I do if I don't walk into the apartment and love what I see Mm. and see the piece that Sky made for me two years ago that I've been lugging around from place to place and never actually putting up. Like, what's 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 the point of that? Congratulations. Thank you. I'm enjoying it so far. <laughs> I, I know you are. I like it. Um, I just hope this poor young woman holds on. <sighs> she seems pretty good. So, uh, actually, no, it's not even fair. I, I feel like this is one of those things where the initial inertia is the hard part. Correct. And then it all levels out. And I thought... The reason why I haven't gotten an assistant, you know, I had an assistant um, for many years. Um, and the main reason why I never got another one, because I knew it couldn't be him. And I just couldn't imagine starting over. Like, it got to a point with him where he didn't even have to ask me. Like, I didn't have to tell him what I needed. He's like, oh, it's Wednesday. She needs this, this, and this. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he babysat baby Maisie when she was little, but only if she was asleep. He did not watch children who were awake and could possibly ask for things um so uh you know he did my taxes for god's sake not my taxes but he did my receipts for my taxes Mm -hmm. and he did everything so letting somebody that fully into my life i just couldn't see how i was going to be able to do that again but um i thought the hardest part was going to be what do i give her to do because at first it's Mm -hmm. like well you can't do that or well that's weird right that went away within Yeah, because the, 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 the better question was, what were you willing to let her do? Correct. Now, what could she do? Correct. So, and it seems like you fall into that pretty quickly, Correct. pretty easily. I don't know for sure. Like, this is very indulgent on my part. And this is very because I want to and because I can. And I don't know for sure that I'll always be able to afford to have an assistant. But I know that while I can, 
I want to make sure I get as many things on that dry erase board that are supposed to be done by December 31st done. Well, even if you can't, if you end up with a system where you can self self manage, you're still better off than where you were. I'm not. I don't want somebody to manage. No, I no, want no, no, someone no. to do the things that I'm firing myself from. Right. What I'm saying is, if there's a space where that isn't oh, available right. anymore, right. At the very least, you now have a system that's easier to manage Correct. to do those things for yourself. Correct. So. Correct. So. We'll see. I'm happy. We are painfully close to having to wear nice clothes three days a week. Or at least not, well, maybe not three days a week. So we're very close to being able to go live with the podcast and stuff. So are you trying to say I don't wear nice clothes already three days a week? Because I'll be cute. I don't know if you notice what your girlfriend's wearing or your partner or your fiance, whatever you want to call me. But I put clothes on. We're very on. close to having to prepare to be on camera. On a Nigga, I be basis. beating my face just for no reason. What are you talking about? You better talk about yourself. Okay. Not talk about me. I be having on lipstick. Mm-hmm. Just because. Mm-hmm. With no nothing. Okay. Point being, we'll be doing some video stuff soon. Um, I'm ready. Had a little bit of a setback this week that is bit. mostly rectified. Manufacturers be bugging, yo. <laughs> God, just send you any old kind of stuff. <laughs> um, so yeah, I'm looking forward to doing that. Um, I was almost did my own vlog today and kicked mm. that off. Uh, just got caught up and realized it wasn't quite. I wasn't quite ready for prime time either. <clears throat> I have. Plus, you need a haircut. I mean, it's a pandemic. Whatever. Uh, I do need I'm a haircut. I'm just saying that because though. I want to give you a haircut. Well, then, never mind. Um, I was about to, <laughs> yeah, I do need a haircut. Um, I'm working on some animation stuff and some overlays and some other things. And so all this was supposed to be a matter of making your live a little bit better. It's turned into something. And it spiraled, spiraled completely it out did. of control. It did. <laughs> I watched it spiral out of control. Um, it's been in education and it's been cool because I don't know anything about video. So I've had to do all the studying and the learning. And it's been a sizable project, one that I was ready to take on. Well, not one that I was ready to take on, one that I expected to take on, but mm-hmm. looking forward to getting that done. Um, we got a cute little space, so. We do. A space that I just wonder. Like, I already feel like this space is going to be a studio. Well, I think I said to you today, I, I can see where somebody will leave and I'll end up taking their space mm-hmm. as the studio. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't think that... Thankfully, I don't think we're, we're there just yet. No, we're fine. Um, I like my space. I can mm-hmm. write there. Yeah. I might have to kick you out. What do you mean? I might have to kick you out of here at some point. Oh. What do you mean? <laughs> Sorry. I might have to say, I'm going to the office and you don't get to go there. Because uh, okay. I'm going to be there from this time to this time. And then you can come after that or before that. We'll talk. No, but seriously, we can't <laughs> always, like, if I'm working on certain things, mm. we can't always be in here at the exact well, same the other time. Well, the other part, too, is we're going to duplicate some of the stuff at home as well. Right. So um, a lighter setup there. So whether it's video or podcast or whatever, it's, we'll have a couple different spaces. But do work. I get to be in here by myself sometimes? Sure. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think... You have already, haven't I you? I have. Yeah, yeah. I'm just saying, you were like, we'll talk. Like, 
I mean, I'm I'm fucking with you. Oh, okay. I know. Um, also, because I'm just finished <laughs> finishing doing all these things. I mean, maybe it's not anytime soon. <laughs> um, the other part too is you can be here from 9 p.m. to 3 a.m. Well, I mean, I was here till almost two in the morning. I know that's why I'm saying so. That. Yeah, the, that's the other part. We can't create a life where we're working on opposite schedules, no. either not seeing each other. Mm-mm. I so. mean. You know, I mean, it'll happen from time to time, but right. that can't be the norm either. Uh, it's almost our anniversary. It is. Although we just actually had a, another anniversary yesterday. Well, yesterday, I think, was the first time we met or connected or whatever. Mm-hmm. But June 30th, <laughs> I think, is the first time we actually saw each other in person. Can I Can I just... What? You, won't, you still won't even say it. What? It's the first time we connected or whatever. <laughs> we met on a dating app. Thank you. Like, um, stop playing. You know, this is the, I, there's this uh, publication that I love called, um, they have Elliot this. Tell the Truth? No. And this, this women's site, and they have this series called Tuesdays at 10. I think it's called that. God, I hope I got that right. And each Tuesday they feature a woman um, who just asks, answers like these random questions, you know, like what's on your nightstand and mm-hmm. what's this, what's that. So they contacted me today to ask me to do it. And I was like, oh my God, I love this, this drink right here. I'm so ready for this. I'm doing it. And then I got all like weirded out by the questions. Like there's a vibrator on my nightstand. I'm not putting that, but I'm so big on like, not a vibrator, but a dildo, whatever. But I'm so big on like answering those questions, honestly. So mm-hmm. the point is, about five of the answers. The dildo wasn't the point. <laughs> no. About five of the answers. I didn't put dildo, by the way. Mm-hmm. Five of the answers I've talked about since the beginning of this. Like five different times that I've been talking to you since we sat down. Mm-hmm. It's been answers on that list. I, that's, that's all I wanted to say. I thought it was really weird. You mean this conversation? Mm-hmm. So the reason why I thought about it is because I talked about feeling weird about the fact that I met my partner on a dating app mm-hmm. and it just organically came up again. So yes, I do feel weird about the fact that we met on a dating app primarily because it was two weeks after I broke up with someone, not necessarily because it's a dating app. So it's more yeah, that. What does one have to do with the other? Um, I shouldn't have, I shouldn't, I'm making air quotes. I shouldn't have been on a dating app and I wasn't planning to be on, I was on the app just to see, I was two weeks out of a two year long relationship. So I definitely wasn't looking for anything. I just was playing around and seeing. I think that's how everybody ends up on the dating app. I know. App, because but, it's but, like, I'm but, just going to look around. But all I'm those gonna... people are lying. Right. They were on dating apps the whole time they were in a relationship. No, they weren't. Yes, they were. No. All of them. Except I for wasn't. me. You're lying. No. I had I no need. Like I know. I, yeah. But it just sounds so like, oh, sure, you weren't really good. I just want to browse the market and see that's what's it. out there and blah, blah, blah. But, but I feel like with what I... With the end of the relationship and the way that it ended, I have better things to do with my time than be getting on a dating app. So what's the moratorium? What's the time frame? Um, whenever you ask so me two, questions like that, so I two think, years mm-hmm. in a relationship, off and on for two years, yeah. Mm-hmm. How long before you get back out there? Right. Um, and also the off and on thing, like you—that's the first time you said that part too. You've really? not said off and on before. But you know that. Not really. I didn't. So we started dating, and I broke up with him for all the reasons why I broke up with him. Like, which was later. I understood that for like twenty years ago. No, 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 no. 
So 20 years ago, we dated. Right. When I was in my early 20s. Right. We broke up. Mm -hmm. I didn't see him for 20 years. Mm -hmm. We got back together. Mm -hmm. We started dating. Um, After about a year, we broke up. Six months later, we got back together. We broke up again. So off and on, meaning we had a chunk of time in between. So to me, even more so, that it doesn't bear... Any... So you said how long, mm-hmm. and I think the because I've been, I've been working on that, I've been working on the idea that it's been a steady two years. No, it was not a steady two years. We were apart for about six or seven months in between there. Yeah. So what are we talking about then? Like to me, you dated the same person mm-hmm. three times for six months, basically, or something like that. Something like that. So here's the thing. Every time I have ever said to my therapist, like, you know, I got on the dating app. She always reminds me, like, literally, it's the only time I see her, like, go through notes. Mm-hmm. She's like, it was over in January. I remember you. And then again in June. Well, in June, I actually <laughs> broke up with him. But no, I'm January, saying, I'm, I'm just right, saying in general. Exactly. So in January or February, I was saying to her, like, nah, this ain't it. Um, So by June... It was time, whether mm-hmm. it was the day after we broke up or the week before we broke up. Right. I had every right to be on a nap. It had been over, and I knew that. Right. Um, so I can say that, but I would feel a way if I found out that he was on a dating app. No, I wouldn't. Right. So <laughs> I would not. That's the other part of breakups that always kind of baffle me, um, especially in spaces where you end a relationship, the jealousy of that person's next person mm-hmm. and that weird, whatever that is. Of course. I've never got that or what that is. It doesn't make sense to me. You've, you don't understand jealousy? I understand. You don't understand being with someone for a really long time and being in your feels when they move on? Not when you're the one who actually moved it on. It doesn't matter. You still have feelings for that person. Yeah, I, that, I, I still can't quite get the math on that. Yeah. It's, when my ex-husband publicly starts dating someone. Actually, no, you can't do that now. <laughs> no. I mean, I'm going to be supportive, of course. But am I going to feel a little twinge of a thing? Yeah, I am. Yeah. I, a bit. Yeah. I will be completely honest. I will feel, oh, God. You know... I'm going to feel a way because he is so private and closed off that when he finally decides, like, this is a thing, it's going to be a bigger deal than when I say it's a thing. He's seen me in three different relationships since we broke up. I haven't seen him in any. So it's a little different. I'm going to still feel. I guess. My kid's going to have a stepmom? It's going to have a stepmom. You're all for that. I don't know about like everybody's not on this I, camp. Just because my daughter's gonna have a stepdad doesn't make me not feel a way about her having a stepmom. That's yeah, not how that works. It's a weird thing. I, I don't get that math. Like, well, here's the math. My ex-husband is someone that I have known intimately for 20 years. We share two children. We were married for over a decade. He's still my friend. He's still my family, and just the same way I can get annoyed by him, 
um, I have emotions that mm -hmm. are connected to him. Yeah. I get angry with him. I get, I feel uh, protective of him. Um, all the things. So once he decides, I mean, I, if he hasn't already, once he's public with a relationship, there will be a part of me that's like, okay, I want him to be happy. Eh. Ah. Very gentle. I mean, I think I told you this, but in my last relationship, I told my boyfriend that he always wanted to eat in Montclair. Always wanted to go to Ravens. Always wanted to go to brunch. And I'm like, that's fine. But I'm telling you now, if I see my ex, he's getting fucked the fuck up. And so is she. And he would say... I don't understand right. why you think I'm supposed to be okay. With right, this. it's how I felt. It was honest, and and I meant it. And I'm and I'm speaking to you, but understand that this is a fairly universal thing. Right, that I just don't understand. Right. Um, Let's hope you never have to, because if we break up, no matter who broke up with who, when you find out I've moved on and I'm with someone else, you're gonna feel something. <sighs> You will. Have I moved on from you? Does it matter? Yes. To me, it does. Yes, you've moved on. Maybe with, not in a relationship, but you've moved on. Go with God. <laughs> I mean... Uh, if you've never felt that way, then you might not get how one could feel that way. But mm. you could, for sure. It's normal. So that, and that's the thing I do understand. So the thing I do understand is that it is a very normal, very common thing. Right. It's just something that I personally don't yeah. understand. And, and this may and this may to. be as much not bitterness, but this may be as much like, well, fuck y'all, you didn't want me. So I'm I don't want to hear it's shit. Not, it's not a maybe. That's all of it. Mm. That's what it is. Um because I said to you um before, um Either my ex-wife or I needed to be in a relationship for me to be able to move forward. Okay. I didn't care which one it was. That's not healthy, but yes. You have it's to not healthy? That. No, not particularly. <laughs> Is it any less healthy than I feel a twinge because the person I broke I'm up not, with? I'm not talking about that right now. I'm talking about what you We're talking said. about both. I'm not comparing. You're trying to compare one to the other. I'm not, com I'm you not said, comparing. You said, is it as healthy as XYZ? I didn't I don't say know. that. I, just, I don't know. I, actually, I didn't say that. I don't know what the other thing is, but I, I know I, what you just said is not healthy. I didn't ask if it was if they was oh, the same. Okay. I I said for myself, for me to cut ties and really be able right. to move on. One of you had to move on. Right. There had to be a period at the end of the sentence for me. That was somebody needs to be in a relationship. Right. Um, and I didn't care who it was. And I just said that's not healthy. It is what it is. Right. I'm just saying I didn't compare the two, saying the one's healthy and oh, one's okay. less healthy. Yeah. That was you doing it. In a perfect world, you'd like to be able to move on with your own impetus and your own self whatever and have blinders on to what the other person's doing and to what yourself is doing. Mm -hmm. You're just existing and moving on and working on yourself and whatever. Mm -hmm. But that's not necessarily how shit goes. Um, it's definitely not how it went for me. I was in a whole ass relationship and I wanted the best for my ex-husband, but I would have drop kicked the fucking shit out of some hoe that I saw him with walking down Bloomfield Avenue hand in hand. Everybody's getting fucked up. Except when it actually happened, you didn't. See? Exactly. That never happened in that relationship. In the next relationship I was in, I did. Yeah, we, we did. We saw him. Yeah. Did I drop kick anybody? That was my first introduction. Exactly. And that was my first introduction to him dating. Mm -hmm. 
Oh, we shouldn't be talking about this. Eh. It's my story. Is it my story now? It's been a year. I think it's my story now. But either way, I wasn't job kicking nobody. Um, and you know, every time I ever said that, either to my therapist or my boyfriend or whoever, people would just be like, "But you're not serious, are you?" No. I believe you. Except, I believe I believe that you plan to, whether except, you will or not is a different except, story. Except, except now that I'm thinking about it, the scenario that you and I were in, if that had happened a year before and I'm with someone else mm-hmm. and I see him, I'm not doing anything. What would do it is if I saw somebody in my house. If I see somebody in my house, I should stop calling in my house. Yeah, I was thinking, because first of all, that's confusing because um, we don't live with not, your ex-husband. No, no. We brought His a house, house together. It's his house. But. Nope. He hasn't yet. Nope. But. Nope. I understand the law, <laughs> but it's not yours. Oh, it's definitely. Impractical, day to day, whatever. Oh, it's not my home. It's my house. It's not my home. I don't live there. I don't have control over who lives there. But until he buys me out. We own that house together, right? I'm so I'm but it's speaking, not my home. So I'm speaking more to the home part. Yeah, it's definitely not my home. What happens there is what happens there is what happens there. But if I not your business. Ooh. If I see not your business, I'm not talking about what's my business. I'm talking about I'm trying to touch what that feels like. Mm-hmm. If we shut this podcast down right now. And drive home, and I drive up that street as I often do, mm-hmm. and I see somebody coming out of the house with the groceries, and my kid. <laughs> so, um, I closed my rings today. That's always a good nobody thing. cares about your rings. I don't want to see one nobody coming out that house. I'm sorry. I don't move. Go start your life over someplace else. Don't be entertaining people I'll, in the I'll house do, that I nurse my child in. I'll do my best to be whatever for yeah. you. Be whatever? Whatever what? Supportive or something. You're or very other. supportive. I know. What do you mean? Like making sure I no, don't no, no, get no, out no. the car? Whatever emotions that will happen in that moment, mm-hmm. I'll try my best to... Assuage? No. To temper? To not want to drop kick you. Oh, you mean control your own emotions about how you feel about me yes. in that moment? Yeah. Why would you want to drop kick me? Because I'm being irrational? Mm-hmm. Whole ass homo. Um, well, whole, whole ass, ass homo. Whole ass almost husband. Correct. Uh, and I still feel a way about my ex husband? You still feel a way about your ex-wife? Not like that. You have your own different way that I have to temper and assuage. So this, but this feels like, it's a different thing though. It, this, it th- is different. This in particular is a jealousy of things that sound like, like hearkening like back to, to old being things. his wife? Yeah. It's so not that. It's it, a very base um, it doesn't have anything to do with him. I have all of my ex-husband that I could ever possibly want. 
Um, that doesn't sound right, but no, not at all. I do though. <laughs> like, you know, he's my friend mm-hmm. and I can call him and I can say what's up and I can ask him questions and I can, you know, we co-parent like I, there's nothing. I don't miss anything mm-hmm. there. Um, as a matter of fact, to be quite frank, I have more of what I wanted than when we were married, quite frankly, because there's that removal of the expectations and why aren't you doing this and why aren't you doing that and we're there and we're there. None of that's there. I don't expect anything of him. What's that feel like? What? To not have expectations? Mm. Um, Yeah. I don't know. It's good. So it's not that. And to be quite frank, if you weren't the future husband... We probably wouldn't be having this conversation. It's only because I feel comfortable sharing with you how I feel and trying to sort out. It's the thing that my therapist is always afraid of. Like, y'all are close enough and enlightened enough to end up functioning as your own marriage therapist. So me talking about how I feel about Eric and whatever, you know, whatever, could possibly be a conversation for just Thursdays at 1030. You may not need to be privy to that. We've fallen into that mistake a couple times. For sure. I don't call it a mistake. I just think it's a na- it's a dynamic of our relationship we should be super um careful with. Well, I mean I say mistake in the sense in the sense of because we can have so many conversations about so many different things that occasionally we'll trip into someone like, Oh, this was yeah, this, this is not for us. No. I thought about that today when I read the piece that I wrote with my ex. I, I, I reread it in your eye and was like, wait, I hope I didn't, like, I didn't think about you at all when this piece was being done. I didn't run it through the sieve of how would this make him feel or what would he say about this? Does he know about this? Does he understand that I feel that way? None of that. I was straight up. I don't think you should. Writing. No, I, I know. But I'm saying in the past, I would definitely do that, and mm. it's and I read the story today. In the past, today. with me or Mm-mm, never with you. Okay. In the past, in my with other others. relationship, gotcha. yeah. So, in the past, that story would never have been written. Mm. Period. Um, well, for multiple reasons. For for multiple reasons. First, one did one didn't want to write it. One didn't want to read it. Correct. But even if one wanted to be a part of the process with me, right? There is no way I would have said some of the things that I said in that piece, um, in my previous relationship. There was a lot of jealousy there. There was a lot of, why don't you just go back to him? There was a lot of, I'll never measure up to him. There was a lot of that. So I just wouldn't have been, I would not have been able to write the piece at all. Mm. So there's a, I think there's probably some type of, there's something in between, I can't write this at all because of the relationship I'm in. And I don't think about my partner at all because Mm. of the relationship I'm in. Right. I don't know. Did you come across it? No. Uh-huh. I don't know if I'm actually going to read it. Oh. Um, That's weird. You read all my stuff, don't you? <clears throat> no, I don't actually. Oh. I haven't read everything. Um, Have you steered clear of things specifically? No. Uh, and I, I I might read it. I don't know. I just... Um, I think it's I because know. you don't follow me anymore. Because like, I wrote a post about it. So if you were still following me, you might have seen that post and then ended up clicking through to the story. Maybe. 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 Maybe, maybe. So Father's Day Sunday. I think I want you to read it. You do? Kai? No, I guess not. Not really. So I, I don't. So this I don't know how this is gonna sound. There's nothing in it that you don't already know. So this. So I think that might be part of it too. Um, it's not that I'm avoiding it. It's that 
if I'm reading it, it's just to more the, the academics. So we see how you laid out certain things. Right. It's not for discovery. It's not for anything new. Right. So in certain ways, it doesn't interest me on that level because I've lived and seen half of the things and yeah. haven't deep understanding. You literally than most folks. took the photo that ran with the story. Right. Which was crazy. Which and I, did, I was which asked, I did, which I didn't get credited <laughs> didn't. for. I was asked to Again. for a photo credit, <laughs> and I said, "Just put photo courtesy mm. of Elias King," mm. um, because I think that would have been taken away a lot from the story. Um, we also said that. <laughs> I guess it cats out the bag now. Anyway, wow. um, no, in terms of me having taken the photo, mm-hmm. um, that. There's a world where Jermaine's like, that's a whole other story. Right, of course. Tell me about that time y'all all sat together for a birthday. Well, Jermaine is the one who specifically asked for that photo because I sent it to him at the time. Did he know that I took it? Yeah, he did. Mm. Yeah, he did. I sent that picture to him like, oh, it was Macy's birthday. And he was like, oh, my God. And I was telling him. He asked me because mm-hmm. he was like, well, who took the picture? Because y'all are clearly. It's pandemic know, time. Right. And so I told him, he was like, wow, you got quite a life, yo. <laughs> <laughs> this is some shit right here. So he's like, yo, wait. So EP knew he was taking the picture? I'm like, I want you to think about what you're saying, Jane. <laughs> no, I, <laughs> Look at the photo there's again. A, there's a telephoto lens. <laughs> it's hella posed. <laughs> like, yes, he was standing right there. Right. So, um, Except your older daughter had a reaction as correct, well. Correct, correct, correct. So that's why, you know. And that was just the, at the idea of me being in the backyard. That was right. even about the photo. Yeah. So he's there. Um, and of course that's part of not being there for your sister's birthday. Mm -hmm. Um, so in the piece I wrote on Facebook, I, uh, I, I was going to credit you properly, but I just feel like that's a whole entirely different story. It's one thing for me to talk about my ex and parenting and all that, but, um, you being the one to take that photo Mm -hmm. is like quite the coda. So sorry. Um, so Father's yeah. Day. Father's Day Sunday. Let me guess. You didn't send your dad a card. I don't. The cards. I, I know. Just, uh, I don't get cards. Cards are a waste. Did you send your mom a card for no. Father's Day? <gasps> Did you send her one for her birthday? I remember. Did I? Yeah, I remember you saying, don't let me forget to send my mom a card for her birthday. Did you remind me? I did. And you sent her one. Oh, okay. Because remember, it was like folding around the apartment for a while. And then you That's used, how much work I need it takes. Stamp. I need it. Everybody just needs to get my email. No, um, so, and I bring that up because there, with everything that's been going on, there's been a question that you asked me that ended up getting quoted uh, in a tweet thread for level.medium.com. Mm-hmm. And um, so yesterday, uh, I ended up doing a photo shoot with my son, mm-hmm. with Paul, uh, who's doing his own <laughs> um uh, project and part of it was an interview mm-hmm. and he asked me a very similar question the question being with everything going on what do you teach or impart your, to your son about race um, my answer being that I teach him everything that happens in terms of like what it means to be black in America what it means to be black in the world um, what the expectations are and everything else with outdoing the rules um going out at night hoodies being presentable all the things and specifically not wanting to burden my son with that Mm -hmm. um because 
A, they don't work. And I and funny enough, I end up having this conversation again with my friend this afternoon. I was saying I was mm. having the whole conversation about her seminar and stuff mm-hmm. about the idea of having to have himself police himself for whiteness. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's something that or rather police himself for racist because there's plenty of black cops that we're protecting him from. Which I still think is an extension of whiteness. Because yeah, because I because they're still working to be favorable in white folks, especially in uh police departments where everybody's supposed to forego for the thin blue line. Right. Which is still again, forego everything for for whiteness. Whiteness. Um and I think uh, one of the things I was talking to my friend about today with that was I grew up, like I didn't get the the rules either, but I grew up in a predominantly black and Spanish space. There weren't, I didn't know white people socially uh, as a child into probably adulthood really. Neither. Um, for my son is very different. Uh, so I'm, I'm part of, if I have any trepidation, it's about how he assimilates to whiteness and how he identifies because of his proximity to whiteness, which I didn't have. Mm-hmm. Whiteness to me was very alien until I was an adult. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm curious to see what happens as he gets older and how that develops and how that works because I've, there's, a part, there's a fear that he thinks he has room that he doesn't actually have. Yep. And that's where my interpretation comes in. So for both of us, because I didn't have any interactions with white folks either, and so it was very black or white with my parents. It was just like, the white folks, you know, watch out. Right. It wasn't a lot of nuance necessary because they were them. They were right. other, they the were over man. there. So like with my kid, I can't just be like, white folks. Because she's like, well, what about so-and-so? What about so-and-so? What about my friend so-and-so? Um, them too. Them too, right. So there's, and actually, you know, it's just difficult. It's just really difficult. Like she'll bring it back to me with some questions um, that I have that I that give me pause sometimes. When we're having these kinds of conversations, but yeah, like your son, she doesn't have. She's got a proximity to whiteness and proximity to liberal whiteness mm-hmm. that can be very discerning and that could be very disconcerting. Disconcerting mm-hmm. and that can be very dangerous right more dangerous than just we don't know white people mm-hmm. they're over there right and I th- I, sometimes i wonder if that's why i didn't get the rules in the talk because it was i lived in a world where it was much more laid out for me what it was than what our kids are growing up with mm-hmm. currently um but yeah it's just uh I was I had wanted to write an essay this week and I decided not to just in terms of looking at my father and how I was raised and how I'm raising my son and kind of being at this weird juxtaposition of um, race over the last 30 or 40 years and how that gets handled and what it looks like. But it's such a huge topic that I didn't figure think I can do an essay mm-hmm. Or a letter, justice. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's been sitting in me for It'll come out. a minute. So yeah. <laughs> It'll come out when it's supposed to. Um, my 
daughter. I was just thinking about what you said about proximity to whiteness. And one of our good friends, we were going on a field trip and I ended up in a car with one of the moms. And I don't know how it ended up that we're two chauffeurs, I mean, not chauffeurs, chaperones, but we have no kids in the car. It's just the two of us driving up to wherever we're going. It's called good planning. But we don't have any kids. And she says, oh, you know, I'm kind of glad that you ended up here because I got to talk to you about something. I guess they're in the third grade. She's got a third grader in the class with my kid. She's got a kindergartner. Kindergartner's off the wall. Everybody knows. Mm -hmm. Everybody's just always talking about him. Like, he's just off the heezy. Mm -hmm. Um, Every time I come to the school, he is ringing the bell for class, and he's doing something with the principal, and he's always the principal of the day. Right. And then my daughter... I was like, he's great. Look at him. Every day he gets chosen to be principal for the day. And then my daughter was like, no. He just wows the fuck out. (laughs) And they drag him out and throw him in the principal's office and make him do things. So she says, I'm having some problems with the kindergartner. And the other day he was singing a song and he said the N-word. Now the N-word's in the song. He didn't just say it. It's Mm. in the song. Mm. But I don't know where he heard the song before. And I don't know what to say, but now he's been walking around the house singing these song lyrics with the N-word in them. Right. And I don't know what to do. He's in the kindergarten. Kindergarten. The kid in the class with my kid is third grade, and she has another kid in the fifth grade. Mm-hmm. She got three boys of various ages. Are you going to tell me you got an eight-year-old and a 12-year-old in the house with a kindergartner who's walking around saying the N-word, and no one else is saying anything, and you don't know what to do? Until you get into a car with me driving to a field trip because I'm black and I'm supposed to help you. Right. So the answer is simple. Let him say it. Drop him into a black neighborhood. Let him sing a song. Let him say it. Not, even a, black, not a black Hitler. neighborhood. Mm. Anywhere. Mm-hmm. Don't correct him. I promise you he'll get Somebody corrected. Somebody will. Yeah. Somebody will. That's mm-hmm. what I said to her. I said, if you can't, she said, I've just been, every time he says it, I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. Don't say that part of the song. And he says, why? And, you know, he's too young for me to get into all that detail. So he'll just say it Except again. Except he's not, because he's saying Except it. Except he's not, because right. he's saying it. And he knows exactly what he's saying. And if you're telling me that his two brothers are not telling him how to say it, not to say it, then you done did wrong three times. Right. Um, I wanted to tell my daughter that. And I disagreed with my ex at the time, or my husband at the time was like, nah, don't tell her about that because this is the third grade boy is her friend. She loves the mom. She loves the little one. She loves all of them. She goes over there, da-da-da, just leave it. Let it sort itself out. Mm-hmm. I told her anyway. And what was her response? Her response was, what should I do if he said, she was like, he wouldn't say that at school. She was like, I wonder why he doesn't walk around saying that at school. Because there's no way. Which is the indication that he understands exactly. more than anybody wants to acknowledge or that his mother wants That's to acknowledge. That's what my kids said. Now, my eight-year-old is like, something's not right here. Because why isn't he saying it right. in class? Because right. the teacher's shutting that down quick, fast. If he's playing hopscotch or recess, they're saying, saying it widely, then Nobody's he, doesn't, that. he doesn't get it. Okay, Nobody's maybe. having that. Whatever. But he's only saying it at mm-hmm. home. He's only saying it in the comfort. He's not right. saying it in the car. He's not saying it at Ruthie's. He's not saying it nowhere but at home. In a In a... Similar fashion, but very different at the same time. Um, my son is bumping into curse words accidentally. Mm-hmm. Um, and not accidentally. Well, so... Sorry. Well, no, there was... So there was the initial phase of... Because he's... It's 
he's in a media-driven world. Mm-hmm. You know, it's YouTube, it's this and that. So he, he's heard stuff. He's heard stuff from my music mm-hmm. that I you you fully something think he's not picking up on. Um, but you know, it's money, cash, hoes. At some point, he's gonna be like, right? What's 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 what a hoe? Um, so I ran. So I remember in the car with him because he had been asking like, is this a bad word? What does it mean when you put up your finger? Blah blah blah. And because I think I was in this phase of like, oh, we got to maintain this innocence, blah, blah, blah. He ended up getting in trouble because he said something he didn't understand what it was. So I gave him the car and I was like, sorry, listen, I owe you an apology. You've been asking about these words and I haven't been direct with you. So here we go. Fuck, shit, damn, hell, blah, blah. Ran down the list and his eyes were like saucers. Of course. I'm like, these are all words that people say to draw attention. Um, some people say it because they don't have other words to use. Some people use it just to get a reaction out of you. These are not words for you. Um, and ever since then, he's kind of had a mental list. So we were actually, matter of fact, we were the four of us were walking in the park a couple mm-hmm. weeks ago, and we sat at the bench and we were talking about something or other. You guys talking about something or other, and he sat on my side and. I guess you're talking about somebody being annoyed or whatever. And he's like, yeah, they were pissed. And I was like, yeah, Bubba, that's not, no, we're not doing that. What's wrong with pissed? Uh, for, a th- for a first grader. I wouldn't have, um, that wouldn't have, that wouldn't have um, struck me as something I need to correct him on. Mm, I'm also a terrible parent when it comes to that. Right. So, uh, except, don't you say right. Well, no. <laughs> Damn. Well, Jesus. <laughs> He, if he can't say it to his grandma oh, yeah, right. or go to class that's or whatever right. else, then nah. So his his immediate response was, "Well, man, that's told us. I'm not doing that again." Mm-hmm. He's keeping track. Of course he is. So the idea, going back to little nigger boy, mm-hmm. um, the fact that he couldn't have been correct, like, hey, why don't we say this? Because it's a bad word that means something about black folks. I just, you know, this is a woman who is. Uh, a muckety muck at the school and administration. Um, she has a lot of, you know, control over the things that happen there. And she's someone I thought of as an ally, um, if mm. not an advocate. And that's the scary part about being in super liberal environments. Mm-hmm. There's this luster or sheen of BLM, um, but really the underbelly of it, not so much. Right. Um, it's kind of like the, it's kind of, it's a kind of a weird spinoff of the don't meet your heroes. Absolutely. Don't meet your liberals. Right. <laughs> um, now my older daughter went to a exclusive private school, six through 12th grade. And the racism in that super liberal school was not to be believed. Like I went not through it. to I, be I, believed. I, that was my private school experience. So I get it. Um, I mean, there also was a lot of not racism, mm-hmm. but it was to, to, to for where she was and the types of people. We're talking about <laughs> this school being, um, where, what's the dude's name, the talk show host who lives in Montclair? Colbert. Colbert. This is where Colbert sends his kids. Mm-hmm. You know, he does the yearly um, fundraiser. Right. Like, this is Montclair Film Festival sponsors all their things. Right. Like, this is the super sheen of we love black folks. But the some of the things that my daughter experienced, not so much. Yeah, I think for me, I'm, 
I look at my son. I look at little kids in general, and they're they're ideologues. They they live in a world that's um perfect, for lack of a better phrase, but way of putting it. Everybody's friends. You are not friends. So and so is mean, but they'll be fine. And everything else. That initial hammer drop and wondering when I'm. Part of me wants it to happen as early as possible. I know. Um, part of me is like, how fast do I need you to grow up? Um, you need him to grow up pretty fucking fast. Yeah. I know for my daughter, it was ninth grade. Um, I mean, I know she had experiences before that, but in ninth grade, um, by the time she got to high school, the majority of her friends were white. Um, the majority of her classmates were white. I think she was probably one of a very small handful of black kids in the eighth grade. Um, So she gets to high school and the cheerleaders approach her and say, you should come out for cheerleading. Sight unseen. Never Mm. seen her. This girl can't even walk a straight line, much less do a cartwheel. No coordination. I love you, Sky. I know you're listening. Um, And she's like, that's not really my thing. They're all black. So just a weird glitchy thing in the school. Cheerleading is run by cute black girls. And that's just their lane. The you, white girls just G- don't cheer. L- you ain't got you no, ain't no alibi. alibi. Right. Yeah. Um, I, I, I want to watch Wildcats again. Super anyway. like, but not just any black girls. Right. The black girls. Right. Uh, and they have anointed her and said, mm. come on. And she's like, mm, no. But she's afraid to say no because... They're going to think that I don't want to be a cheerleader because I'm black and I don't want to be. Right. They see me hanging around all white people. Right. So what am I going to do? She comes to me. She's distraught. It's a wonder that's to... why she got asked in the first place. No, that is why she got asked oh, okay. in the first place. She's light skinned with long hair. Let's go. No, no, no. I mean, because she hangs out with all white folks. Oh, no, no, no. She got asked because she fit the stereotypical Mold. molds of what a cute black girl is. She's a black Ashley. Right. So her that's one of her few. reference for those of you who don't yes. know. Some of her, her few black girlfriends are like, they ain't asked me, so you might as well <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> rep for us. Go ahead, long, long hair girl. Um, and her white friends are like, but that's not what you're, that's not you. So she comes to me and she's like, what am I going to do? And I'm like, you're not going to be a cheerleader. She was like, I have to. You, I, I have to. I can't say no to these black girls and then run and be with my white girlfriends all the time. This is amazingly like gang, gang culture. And I said, baby girl. You have got to do what feels right for you. Mm-hmm. What are you going to do? She's like, I'm going to be a cheerleader. And I'm like, okay. Good luck with that. <laughs> go for it. So a couple days go by and she goes to a few of the little meetings and she realizes, I don't belong here. Right. I belong over there with my white friends. Right. And so she tells the captain of the cheerleading squad, I'm sorry. I, this is not me. I don't even know how to do a flip. And, and the girl says, you don't have to flip. All you got to do is sit on the thing and clap. That's it. We don't care if you can't. Just, you're a cheerleader, Sky. Welcome. Done. Blood in, blood out. (laughs) So that afternoon, I sat in the car with my daughter, and I had a really long talk with her about being true to who you are, about understanding who you are, about not allowing who you hang with to define your blackness, and that being on the cheerleading squad with a bunch of black girls does not make you any more or less half Haitian and half black that you are. Mm -hmm. Talked to her for hours. I said, what you want to do? She said, can you buy me a fake cast so that I can say <laughs> I was injured? 
And for that reason... This was my uncle's plan to, to dodge the uh, draft, by the way. I can't be a cheerleader. And I said, all they're going to say is, sit on the bench with your cast and mm-hmm. clap. Right. So she finally got up the courage to tell them nah. on no uncertain terms she wasn't going to be a cheerleader. None of the black, the, the in black kids, cheerleaders or not, ever spoke to her again for the rest of her time at her school. And she was hurt by that. Like, wounded hurt, not just a little bit. Um, it was the hammer that you speak of that you don't want for your son. She got her hammer in the ninth grade. I really, I feel like, I'm trying to figure out how to say this correctly. The hammer coming from other black kids, I feel like is still better than the alternative. The hammer is fucked up, no matter where it comes from. I feel like the, I feel like the hammer coming from white kids is more dangerous. It's just sucky, no matter. Sure, what. absolutely. Because some of her white friends were giving her pressure too, like, oh, so you're gonna just do that just because you want to be down with them. You don't want to be true to who you are, which is with your white friends. White friends who, at this point in her life, she's starting to realize have their own little bits and pieces of racism going on. Or their parents have their little bits and pieces of racism going on. Um, The hammer's the hammer. It doesn't really matter where it's coming from. It hurts. I feel like I got several hammers um, at once. I grew up in the Bronx, all black neighborhood essentially, but went to what was mainly an all-white school. Mm-hmm. So it's that proverbial, I don't fit in with anybody kind of thing, except mm-hmm. I dealt with it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it wasn't a, um, I hate everybody and black, blah, blah, blah. I feel like it, I've seen a lot of people go through that same thing and end up with a lot of anti-blackness and a lot of different things behind it. Mm-hmm. Um, thankfully, I didn't end up that way. But I was the, the light-skinned kid on the block who had got into fights with everybody. Then I was the black kid at school who got into fights with everybody. And I pretty much learned that everybody's awful. Yeah. Everybody in their own ways. And, and everybody brings their own hammer to the party. Right. That's the name of this episode. We all bring our own hammer to the party. Mm-hmm. I dropped my own hammer. My ex-husband and I dropped our own hammer on our daughter because we made it clear to her that we expected her to date black boys. We we dropped, we, ha- we parachute her into a school. <laughs> right. Where there's one black person per capita but then we expect her to not date outside of her race because we want her to have racial pride and we want don't be bringing no erp, erp, erp. Mm-hmm. Same, I, I remember nonsense it's one of my biggest mistakes as a parent was pressuring her to think that she had to date someone in her own race i remember telling my parents about my first crush um again all white school first crush is kim little blonde hair blue eyed girl and I'm sitting back in the back of the 77 Catalina on the way to the video store to rent whatever. And How old are you? I'm, this is, I want to say third or, it's third grade. Mm-hmm. So I'm 10, mm-hmm. 9, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, me too. We, we get it. You got, you started early. I'm just saying. We, we, we know. <laughs> just figured I'd throw that in there for you. Um, so in the car and... 
I'm pretty sure my mother's like, so is anybody at the school that you like that you think is cute, X, Y, and Z? And again, I don't know what you were you were expecting the response to be because right. I didn't have a whole lot of options. Right. So yeah, this girl Kim, blah, blah, blah. I was like, oh, what she look like? And I remember I said, blonde, blonde hair, blue eyes. eyes. The car screeched to a halt. And they just looked at me and was like, nah. I'm like, okay, but what else is there? Mind you, this girl was not looking at me at all. Right. For were there any black girls in your class? There were two. So it was a school of 500. There were five black kids. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there's that. So I was like, I don't know. Yeah, like you said, what do you expect to happen? Um, what, are we, what did we expect? How right. did we put her in that school and then side-eye her when she started to date white boys? Like, what are we thinking? Mm-hmm. Um, so that part was whack. And then, you should put course, her in another school. Right. We should have just took her out. Right. Put her in uh, Eastside Ma- High. Mockler High or whatever. So, Fair East High. <laughs> I was in that movie, you know. I'm aware. I'll free, I'll free spam it for you one day. Um, so what especially... I was in Prescription Christmas. <laughs> You mean RX Miss? RX Miss. Um, what especially was interesting, what I said in my piece and that same piece that you're quoted in is that my kids are teaching me how to teach them. Mm. I learn a lot more from them than they do from me. Like literally yesterday I was talking to the little one about how to celebrate Juneteenth and what are we going to do? And I'm like, well, you know, because slaves were blah, 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 blah. And she's like, can you say enslaved people? Because not really who they are it's more of a title and i'm like bitch (laughs) i know but you're eight except you're not so my daughter my oldest daughter um she taught me a very valuable lesson about what the person that you're in love with should look like i was always it was always very clear to me that i wasn't bringing home anybody that what's the awful thing my grandmother used to say can't eat my food Shine my shoes. I don't know. There was some analogy she used to say that meant black people. Mm. Um, And I never was really around white folks like that. Anyway, but when I saw the person that I thought would make a good match for my kid, black kid, his parents and us were cool and just, it just makes sense. But he turned out to, he was a jerk. He was just a jerky, jerk, jerky boy, (laughs) period. And we would have been so happy for them to date. They went to the prom together and we were all excited they didn't like each other. She knew he was a jerk. But we were more concerned about the optics of, look at them. Right. Even his parents were like, we dodged a bullet. Look, look at them. Meanwhile, they're both messing with other people right. who are not black. <laughs> but we're all like, optics, optics. And then I realized, like, I just want her to be with somebody who's a good person. Well, I think it's still more than just optics, though. There's the... It wasn't more than optics for me. It was just optics. Okay, you're a terrible person, but for yes. others, uh, yes. there's this always there's still this fear of cultural bias, right? Not even, not even the bias of it, just the, the interaction, right? Um, one of the reasons I always said that I couldn't picture myself in an interracial relationship is because I can't see myself coming home and having to explain or justify whatever I experienced that day. But couldn't you date a black person who's not? privy to all that stuff who doesn't know anything about what you went through that day sure and i'm not dating them either but but i'm also more likely to not have to deal with that in terms of somebody of my even if they the the and again how accurate this thought process is even if it's a black person who hasn't experienced this themselves 
they're more likely to be aware of its existence, right. whether that's right or wrong. Right. Um, so I think as parents... So you would never, ever have dated someone outside of an African-American person. I'm not going to say would never or abs- I, it would be a very specific case. It's what not about something Latina? Um, more likely. I, I mean, I dated a, a Puerto Rican girl in high school, but that was kind of what, all it was. And... I think I'm gonna say around 17, like when I graduated high school. That's when my super I was 16. Can we <laughs> seriously? Go ahead. Um, around then is when like super pro blackness phase for me kicked in. Mm-hmm. Hotepian. Uh, yeah, basically. So pre Hotepian, probably. Uh, black soap. Uh, huh? Did you have black soap at 17? Black soap, soap, chew sticks, pendants. Okay, hold on. You never, ever told me about chew sticks. Yes, I have. No, you did not. My, my, me and my brother, kings of the chew stick. I still will get a chew stick every now and then. I love them. Um, chew sticks, the whole kit. Pendants? Pendants. Like African medallions? Yes. The whole, the whole shebang bang. So there wasn't going to be much outside of that at that point anyway. Um, as an adult, it's always hard to say as an adult because I was married at 24, right. 25. Right. Um, I know. I don't. married young. I don't. It's nothing, it's nothing that I would ever have sought or went after, um, which is a weird thing to even have to say. But... It had to be a very specific case. I was never going to be like, no, it'll never happen. For the, and that's why I never judged interracial relationships right. in the first place. Of course, you fall in love with who you fall in of love course. with, and it's it's fine. And it's as long as and my you always go back to as long as it's not rooted in anti-blackness. Do right. your thing, which is why I don't think it's fair. But I know that for me, the friends I have in interracial relationships, I tend to co-sign them because in all cases they were together in eighth grade. Mm. They were together in high school. They were together in college. Like, it's not right. But when people get together as adults in that scenario, I always wonder more about what could be at work. But when it's people that I know were together before they could even form those types of things, Mm -hmm. it's like love is love. Right. So. Except for my daughter. (laughs) Don't you dare. (laughs) And of course, her boyfriend now is the loveliest, wonderfulest awesomest dude ever Mm -hmm. and he's so good to her and he's so kind and warm and loving and i could not ask for a better partner for my daughter right and there's not a ounce of non-blackness in your daughter (laughs) not an ounce not an ounce not an ounce and there's not an ounce of non-whiteness in her partner she is super black she's super black now super blackness uh was something that was not always the way her you know this is a young girl who said i wish my hair was blonde and i wish i had blue eyes so when she was five years old i think that's part of the journey though unfortunately of course there's there's a there's especially when you're in those spaces where you don't look like your contemporaries Correct. there's Correct. a phase but that of, still fucked me up yeah and but, she jokes about how she joked about this like two days ago she said you know i can't believe i famously did not wear makeup for her entire childhood. Mm-hmm. Not an ounce of mascara, not a literally a bare face every day for a decade and a half. Mm-hmm. I never colored my hair. 
um, when she was young. I was always super cognizant of what I did in the mirror, mm-hmm. knowing she was watching me and seeing what I was doing. She was into beauty and fashion and I just didn't do it. I just didn't want to have to explain why I could have blonde hair, but I didn't want her to feel like she had to have blonde hair mm-hmm. or why I had pink stuff on my face, but her face was beautiful, bare. Mm-hmm. So she jokes now when she saw, we were on FaceTime and she saw my huge ass luggage case. Right. And she's like, I'm sorry. I know this is my fault. You never could do it. And now with my 12-year-olds, I'll do anything to my hair. I'll get a weave. I'll get braids. Mm. I wouldn't even get a weave, braids. I didn't want her to see anything. She, right. I didn't want her to see me alter myself at all. Um, whereas with my 12-year-old, probably because she has better... She said she sees Zendaya. Mm. And my oldest daughter didn't have a Zendaya. Mm. Um, or a Zoe from Blackish. Or like there's so much more representation now that... Um, I'll dye my hair blonde. Right. Maybe it's still not the best look, but representation is so much different now than it was for her. But to hear your daughter say she wishes she was white. So I think I'll never forget it. I think that ends up being the launch in the super blackness. So because at some point and for lack of a better phrase, you wake up and right. realize it's not always the launch. Sometimes you end up Candace Owen and you never, ever, ever take off. So I've always said that Candace Owen I mean is, she's pretending. She's a heel. Yeah, um, for sure. Because she had a she had a face with that she wasn't that. No. And she actually sued her college for racial discrimination right. and won a settlement. Like she's not but I'm saying she a saw, Candace, she saw, a she, real she saw the real coin. Candace yeah, yeah. Owens. Right. Um and my daughter could have easily become that. Mm-hmm. She went to an all white elementary school, an all white high school. She went to the Rhode Island School of Design. She's an artist. Like there are so many reasons that she could have not snapped right except that obviously i know you and i've met her father and i've met your mother mm-hmm. <sighs> mm-hmm. The, the influence is strong enough um it, well clearly it was because look where she is it may not have been us it, it didn't hurt maybe not but i really don't know it may not have been us it may have just been um like i know for myself um i had a very specific grounding in you're black and the greatness of blackness. Mm-hmm. I grew up with inventor, black inventors on the wall. Mm-hmm. I don't know how old I was when my father pulled out the 33 and played uh, Malcolm X's speeches. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, regardless of anything else that was going on, it always came back to, yeah, this is shitty. And yeah, you know what? Life is easier. It would be easier if you were white. Mm-hmm. But come over here. Let's have right. this conversation. Right. And for some kids, that works. Some that doesn't. And I think sure. that... I mean, nothing's Sky, universal. I think for Skye, it could have definitely gone a different way. Um, I think for her, it began with hair, which is where it begins with so many of us. When she was done perming her hair, um, that journey you go through of feeling your curls and waiting for your hair to be long enough and mm. cutting it. and um, She... The Haitian side of her family has always been very pro light-skinned long hair. And sounds like my mama. Yeah, very much so. And so when she said she wanted to cut her hair, her mom was like, I'll disown you. And her grandmother said, I'll never speak to you again. And her grandmother was serious. Her mom was half joking, Mm -hmm. but her grandmother was very serious. Her grandmother called me and said, I know you're influencing her. If Sky cuts her hair, I don't want to have anything to do with none of y'all because that her hair is her crowning. She calls me sobbing. I can't. I cannot carry the weight of Haiti on my head anymore. I'm tired. <laughs> I need all of this hair off. Right. 
I need to shave my head. And, you know, her hair is like. How old is she? She's in college. She's mm. like 21. I said, baby girl, you are a legal adult. That hair belongs to you and only you. Cut it off now, today. It's yours. Cut it. So she did. And uh, she sent me a picture. And I said, when are you going to tell your mom? You can't hide from her forever. Right. And she was like, well, I was thinking about getting a weave <laughs> before I go home for Thanksgiving. And I'm like, Mm-mm, that's not it. Um, so I saw her mom before she told her. She came to my house for my birthday. And I remember her saying, I think Sky's doing something weird with her hair. Do you know anything about that? It is the only time in 20 years that I lied to her mom. Only time. I am not the one. I'm the stepmom that will. Upward reflection. I'm the stepmom that's telling everything. Right. Don't tell me and think your parents are not going to find out because I'm not that stepmom. I'm telling. And I was like, weird thing with her hair. What? Um, it was the it was the beginning, and I think it'll probably be the beginning for my daughter too. Because because my kid, the little one, she's got some she's got some things with her too. Someone the other day asked her if she was locking her hair, and uh, she was pretty. I mean. Her hair is doing a lot of things right now. Um, she doesn't like the idea that it looks like she's getting dreadlocks. So, you know, it happens. Girls are, you know, mm-hmm. how they can be about their hair. I'm learning. <laughs> huh. So. So I spent some time doing her hair today. So, mm. there. Um. So, I'm trying to figure out where to start with this. Um, yeah. So, I think with everything going on, um, we've all been trying to find ways to be extra nice to ourselves as much as we can. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things I decided I was going to attempt to do was take better care of my skin. You mean not use hand soap on your face? Bar soap. Well, hand soap, sure. It was hand soap. It was hand soap. (laughs) Bar soap's fine. Yeah. Uh, After you shouted me out, uh, shouted me down on Stipple, you decided to tell the entire world I used a bar of soap to wash my face. Not bar soap. Hand soap. It was a bar soap. What, the black soap? No, it wasn't. No, it was bar soap. It was hand soap. It was, okay. It was the liquid soap. Yes. Yes. Best, Um, Best used for dishes and sinks. (laughs) <laughs> not face it so I've this I decided like I want to try and pamper myself and find something just to make myself feel better mm-hmm. um a lot of stress a lot of everything going on and you're pretty lucky because your skin is pretty good it's it's pretty resilient mm-hmm. but I'm not a spring chicken anymore mm-hmm. either um so I reached out to my friend Hassan, mm-hmm. who is the founder of House Urban, H-A-U-S-Urban.com. Ready to glow, ho? <laughs> the packaging and the, everything on his stuff is amazing. He has, uh, I think, fuckboy body butter and all mm-hmm. this hilarious stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but from everything I know of it and other folks who tried it, it's, they said it was terrific. Mm-hmm. So I reached out to him. And said, well, where do I begin? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I actually had the box right there. It's like, reached out to him yeah. and said, where do I begin? Yeah. Oh. Has, which of his products do I use to get oh, started with? Okay. Okay. 
You feel better now? A little. (laughs) Um, And actually, the box is right there if you want to take a peek. I can't remember what's in it. Um, But it's like, there's a three-step process, you know, for your skin. It's like something, something, and something. I haven't even really looked at it just yet. Probably some toner. Possibly. Um, Maybe some astringent. I so I feel like in Hassan's eyes, I'm the stereotypical horrible straight dude who doesn't take care of himself at all. Which is one hundred percent who you are. <laughs> sure. <laughs> um, When's the last time you put some moisturizer on your face after you washed it? So that's why I got that. Okay. Uh, I was right. Clarifying moisturizer and a liquid toner. Mm-hmm. See. I can help. <laughs> so the other part of, and I'm getting to a very specific point. Um, the other part of this was I wanted to support black business, small mm-hmm. black business. Um, what amazed me about uh, House Urban and Hassan is number one, the unboxing and the packaging experience is amazing. So beautiful. There's like confetti in the thing and beautiful. the box is beautiful, all these things. Um, in the middle of a pandemic, I ordered this thing on a Wednesday. I got a tracking number on Wednesday mm-hmm. and it arrived on Friday. And under the best of circumstances, you don't really expect that from small businesses. And we also know that black-owned businesses get a lot of shit for the product, or it's expensive, or the service, or blah blah blah. Listen, right? Listen, so, I still support, but listen. So this whole setup was black excellence for me. Mm. Um, but in the course of reaching out to him for some advice and everything else, he said, "Hey, I'm pulling together a campaign. I'd like you to be an influencer on it," mm. which. Sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and the short of it is he's come out with a couple of products with the proceeds going towards a organiz- organization called Beam, which is this assists in black mental health mm-hmm. and helping uh, us deal with trauma and share trauma and all the rest of it. Um, I actually, Hassan launched the program today. I just got the products today. There's, what's, what is that again? The body butter? What? Black Love. Black Love Body Butter. Um, and what's the scent? I forget. Spiced Honey Tonka. Yeah, it's dope stuff. He I'm does, gonna and, eat it. I'm going to put it on you and then lick it off. And then it's not that kind of butter. <laughs> um, and then there was a bottle of, he came up with his own hand sanitizing hair gel. Yes. Mm-hmm. I mean, a hair gel, hand gel. Mm-hmm. Um, and a, a, a lap. And some lotion. And some lotion and some other stuff. Um, and some watermelon slices. Haribo watermelon slices in the box as well. Mm-hmm. I have more blue confetti floating around here. Than <laughs> the box just comes with blue confetti, but it's all amazing stuff. Um, I kind of want to close out with his announcing of the initiative and everything else because he can explain it far better than I can. Okay. Um, and I think we might be out on that unless, I don't know, but yeah. Where's this on? He's not Hassaning. Here we go. Hey, everybody. So I don't know where you follow me on social media, but uh, if you follow me, you know that over the last few weeks, I've been saying that I'm working on a special project just for you. And when I said just for you, I meant for us, for Black people specifically. So this is a message for Black people 
if you are not a black person, you can hang out, you can watch. There might be a little something at the end for you as well, but this is really for, for them, for us. I'm gonna use that interchangeably a little bit. Um, I wanted to share with you what this project is and what the origins of the project were. I started working on it about six, seven weeks ago. And this was in the aftermath of Breonna Taylor and Ahmaud Arbery's murder had just come to light to the rest of us. That happened in February, but uh, you know we didn't really know what was going on to that video surface. And then in the process, there was George. So shortly after the Ahmaud moment, uh, everyone was, we've all been, we all were hurt by it, obviously. And I think it was that weekend was the same uh, weekend as the Jill Scott, Erica Badu versus. So I logged on to watch it and I had been feeling really hopeless, right? And, and helpless and wanting to know what I could do or if I could do anything and what that looks like. So I log on to IG Live like the rest of you to watch this battle. And this was not a, a battle. Truly what it was, was fellowship. It was this outpouring of love. And there was a familiarity there and the kind of love that you can only get from like your aunties or your cousins. And it was like a warm blanket that day. And I walked away from that experience thinking, that's what we need. That's what we need so much more of right now. So I wanted to make something that was going to speak to that. And I wanted to give it some thought. So there was that was one lane, but then I also started to think about us as a collective. I think one of the things that we don't consider, and when I say we, I mean us, is that every time there's one of these incidents, we are collectively traumatized. You know, the incident happens, we coalesce around each other, we try to start some collective healing, and as we, that process begins, we're in the middle of it, there is another incident. We lose another one of us to state-sanctioned violence or violence from someone who is, you know, state-adjacent. And seeing Black bodies on a loop is traumatizing. There is a collective trauma that happens. And what I think what we fail to realize is the long-term effects that's going to have on all of us as a people, as a nation, as families, as individuals. So I really began to meditate on how to address that and who's addressing that. And do we know how to address that? And do we know where to go and what to do? There are a lot of open questions for me. So the main question that I continue to sit with and meditate on was, how do we encourage each other to establish self-care rituals while acknowledging our collective trauma in light of national events? What does affirmation, action, and education look like when what we have previously known as activism changes so rapidly? So my thought was, let's give people a new tool to fight something they've been fighting just as long as oppression. Ash. Let's remind them through fragrance and messaging that they are seeds that can only be buried temporarily and that their well-being, especially their mental health, is important. That said, what have I been working on? I am very happy to present to you Black Love, a new body butter with a mission. Black Love as a fragrance is designed to ground you in the greatness and the hope dreamed up for you by the ones that came before. It's a celebration of the kind of love that we can only give to each other rooted in shared experiences and survival. It's a new moment for a brand new world. And to ensure that House Urban is walking its talk, a portion of every jar of Black Love sold this summer will be going to an organization called BEAM, Black Emotional and Mental Health Collective. 
Beam's mission is to bring healing justice and mental health resources to black people where they are right now. And aside from ongoing events and programs, they also train people in the community like barbers and hairstylists on how to engage with their clients and escalate if they need be around mental health issues. Uh, I am so excited to be working with Beam on this project and I hope that you'll consider supporting them not only through purchases of Black Love, but directly. Black Love is available for pre-order at houseurban.com right now. And if you happen to pick it up, please feel free to share using the hashtag BeamBlackLove. Please take care of yourselves. Reach out to your brothers and sisters. Show them a little Black Love. I'm very excited to share this with you. Happy Juneteenth, and I'll see you soon. I love Hassan. He's awesome. He's, yeah. And it's funny, I've seen... Um, How'd you meet him? I don't remember. I've, mm-hmm. We've only ever talked online, mm-hmm. and I, my life in podcasting has been great in that I've just bumped into a lot of great folks to the point that I just don't remember where mm-hmm. we've we end up connecting. Um, but it's funny. I had seen some things about Beam, but I didn't know who they were. Um, I watched some profiles about. Um, one gentleman in particular who was engaging barbershops and other spaces specifically because um, black men don't always engage in healthy conversations and mental or health get, stuff. Or get therapy. Right. Yes, 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 <laughs> yes. <laughs> Guilty. Um, so very excited to support Hassan, House Urban, and Beam. Um, links to... Everything will be in the show notes. Uh, they'll be on the Facebook page as well. I'll be tweeting and doing whatever I can. But yeah, to the idea of being able to kind of pamper yourself and do some good at the same time, because they're both really important right now. Especially the whole ash removal situation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because if you'll recall, during the height of the pandemic, ash was appreciated. Right. Because it meant you were constantly washing your hands. Yeah. Um, black folks, we can't just wash our hands consistently. You saw what my poor child's hands look like. I wasn't like. going to mention it, but now that you have. Um, yeah. My poor baby, when she was with her dad for two months, she was washing her hands chronically four or five times like an every hour. Half, yeah. Not, for not 25 having, seconds. Having gone, not going anywhere. Didn't go anywhere. Just, I mean, she was completely freaked out. The whole mm-hmm. thing, OCD, PTC, PSD, all of it. Right. So she comes back to us and her hands are literally just yeah. broken. They're just broken. Mm-hmm. Um, I had to buy her white gloves and this actually would have been good for her. I don't know. Um, Cause this is probably thin enough that you can apply it several times. The the spiced honey tonka. Um, she had to wear gloves at night for a couple weeks before they would get back to normal. Mm-hmm. And that's just, that's a lot of folks. Right. I, I remember seeing somebody tweet, if I don't see ash right. in between your thumb and your forefinger, <laughs> mm-hmm. you dirty. Right. Um, so now we can all, that's okay. Mm-hmm. It's this, this whole thing is not over yet, but we can get back to moisturizing. Yeah. We can wash and moisturize now. So yeah, uh, again, houseurban.com, all the links and things will be included. In the show notes. In the show notes. Um, so wait, out of that, so I got a three-step pack for my face. Yes. Am I doing any of that tonight? You should. Like, I don't... You, I'll, you'll get... you should. I mean, it's very simple. It's just mm-hmm. a cleanser, toner, and moisturizer. I don't know what those things do. Cleanser? Okay. Okay. So moisturizer, we'll sure. Okay. All right. So. I got you. Fine. 
And then you have some weird face brush thing. The Clarisonic. Mm-hmm. Although now I wish I hadn't said that because they're not paying. The squishy squishy, we'll call it. <laughs> Which is the life changer. Mm. Let me tell you something. That thing is so efficient at washing my face that I don't have to put moisturizer on. You know what happens when I put moisturizer on after? It, it just off. slides off my face. <laughs> my face is so clean that I've learned to put like maybe an eighth of the amount of moisturizer I'm normally putting on mm-hmm. on my face. <laughs> That's how good it is. So we're going to do this iconic cream cleanser on the Swishy Swishy machine. Okay. I just got a new cleansing pad for you. And um, you're going to put it on the lowest setting because I don't know what's going on with your face. I've never actually seen you wash your face, so I don't know what your process is. So just for You're like not a, washing just, your face in the shower, are you? Why wouldn't I? Oh, gosh. It's not a separate thing? Like, the shower is for your body. Your face gets washed at the sink. Sure. <laughs> this does not go in the shower. It stays at the sink. You can't do my whole body with your face thing. No. You don't body. put toner. <laughs> Can't put it on my stomach no. and get it to No, your 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 face has different regions, mm-hmm. and those regions are different things. Toner helps with that. Houseurban.com. H a u s urban.com.